The word holy, or holiness, is related to three other words in English, wholeness, health, and healing. And that tells us something about what it means to be holy. To be holy is to be whole, to be in harmony, to be at peace with ourselves. But we're not like that at first. We're broken, we have our wounds, we have our problems, we have big egos, we have faults in our character, of course, we're human. So there needs to be healing. And prayer, deep prayer, is a healing of the whole person. And it leads us to that health, that health of soul, health of mind, health of body even, that is holiness. It arises from a way of life, not by reading, not even by studying or doing things, listening to talks. It arises from a way of life, a way of life that is turned towards others, towards God, a way of life that liberates us from our self-fixation, from our self-seeking, from our egoism, from everything that puts us in a prison, everything that Jesus came to free us from. I mentioned the Dalai Lama earlier. And sometimes we can learn something about the real meaning of our own tradition by learning something from other traditions. At about the same time as Thomas Aquinas, there was a great Buddhist Indian teacher called Shantideva. He wrote a book called The Guide to the Bodhisattva Way of Life. I've always felt that this book was influenced by Christian thinking and by the gospel, which of course had been well established by that time. And in this book he describes a way of life which is not about seeking our own enlightenment or our own holiness, but it's a way of life that is committed intentionally to benefit other people, be a benefit to all beings. Love one another, Jesus said. Holiness is other-centered, taking the attention off ourself. Why? Because God is other-centered. God is turned towards us, towards creation. In the doctrine of the Trinity, which is the Christian way of trying to understand or describe what God is like, we have this image of the three persons of the Trinity who are turned towards each other. The Father turned towards the Son in absolute attention, absolute love. And the Son turned towards the Father in reciprocating that love, returning that love. And the Holy Spirit turned towards both of them. So they're all turned towards each other continuously. It's a dynamic, a dynamo of love. This is the source of creation. We are created by love 
and for love. And the purpose of human existence is not less than to become like God. That's why the scripture says, be holy as I am holy. In the first letter of Peter, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. This is our destiny. This is our meaning. And we cannot live our lives without meaning, without understanding why we are here, why our lives sometimes contain suffering and loss or death. We cannot really cope with the challenges of life without having some sense of this as the meaning of our life. Through it all, this meaning is coming into our awareness. We come to know that we are meant to be holy because we share in the very being of God. So holiness then doesn't just mean looking holy or acting holy. Holiness means being authentic, being real, being genuine, being our true self, not playing a role, being oneself. And that means recognizing that we have faults, we're not perfect, because holiness is not about perfection. It's not about being a perfect human being. There's only ever been one perfect human being. So we are never going to be perfect. But we can be ourselves, and that is holiness. And that's all that God asks us to be. A saint is a unique manifestation of the divine. Now, every one of us here, some of you are related to each other, some of you have many characteristics with each other. But every one of us in this church tonight is utterly and totally unique. It's incredible. And we're only a tiny part of the population of Singapore. And Singapore is a little country in the middle of the vast billions of Asia. And every one of these 10 billion people is utterly unique, just like every snowflake is unique. If you put it under a microscope, you never get two snowflakes exactly the same. Doesn't that say something about the immensity and the imagination of God? And all we have to do to be holy is to be our unique selves. So we shouldn't imitate saints. We can be inspired by them, but inspired to be our own kind of saint. Every saint is a one-off. And holiness is not about knowing a lot of things. It's about knowing one thing, one most important thing, which is, I am uniquely loved. The ego, of course, wants to be exclusively loved. I want you to love me more than anybody else. This happens with children, sibling rivalry. The ego wants to possess it all for itself. And slowly we learn that's not life, that's not real. God does not love us exclusively, but he loves us uniquely. And as we 
know what that means as we experience that, as we come to self-knowledge, that's what holiness is. Nothing very difficult or esoteric about that. It's not about knowing a lot of difficult things. It's amazing how ignorance and stupidity can coexist with a vast amount of knowledge and learning and cleverness. And actually we have to be quite simple to know this. That's why Jesus once cried aloud to the Father, I thank you, Father, for hiding these things from the learned and the clever and revealing them to mere children, to the simple. And that's what we become like in meditation, simple. All our knowledge, all the books we've read, is very unimportant in a sense when we come to meditate. Of course it's important, but it's not important when we meditate. All that matters when we meditate is that we know who we are, that we are uniquely loved by God as we are with all our faults and failings. And this is why holiness is the source of true happiness. There's another kind of happiness. We live in a world in which many people believe that happiness consists in getting what you want even if it's on credit. But that's the happiness of endorphins. Endorphins are these uh, hormones, these chemicals that are secreted in the brain. Certain things can produce these endorphins. Things like exercise, things like chocolate. Chili peppers release endorphin. So does wine and sex and laughing. And actually, the scientific research shows us that so does meditation. <laughs> so meditation makes you happy. But the true happiness that Jesus refers to in the Beatitudes, happy are the poor in spirit, happy are the pure of heart, that happiness is not the happiness of the endorphins. Endorphins interact with opioid receptors in the brain, and that's why they reduce our perception of pain, like morphine or codeine act in the same way. But the happiness that comes through the Beatitudes, the happiness that comes through deep prayer, is different. We also know from research that if you have endorphins for too long, and you get addicted to endorphins, to the happiness that comes from shopping, for example, or any of those other things, too many endorphins makes you anxious. You begin to fear this can't last. You begin to fear that something bad is going to happen. So that kind of happiness isn't really happiness, and it doesn't last. The brain itself rejects it. The happiness of the Beatitudes is holiness. The, the Greek word for happy, happy or the poor in spirit, is makarios, which can also be translated as blessed or holy. Happiness is the holiness of the spiritual journey.